Maya Vishwakarma, welcome back. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me again. Round two. Yes, round two. After two years since yes, 2018. Yeah. Yes, good to see you again. Likewise, yeah. And all the awesome progress with Sukarma Foundation. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. As you've walked in and been sharing with me your update, I've been just like, yes, heck yes, across all of these different incredible aspects to uplifting rural India. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're going to unpack with visuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the progress that's happened over sure. the last two yeah. plus years. Yeah. Lot of lot of work, actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a great experience. Like amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And for those that want to learn more about especially Maya's journey that led up to this point, check out the episode one the links in the bio below and we will unpack mostly on this episode the update of what's been happening over the last two years with visuals which is really exciting and also you know sukarma foundation's a 501c3 nonprofit, and so you can make a donation on their website as well and that goes directly towards all of these efforts in uplifting rural india and they're definitely uh, one of the top organizations that's actually doing the impact. There's so many organizations that talk a lot, but the ones that actually do is that's why, you know, that's why we have you here. And that's why, you know, as we talk about all of our projects, like with rich patrons that we're working on unlocking the six to 10 trillion in high, high net worth funding to then funnel to these best projects around the world that are actually tackling the most important issues and uplifting the basic needs of people worldwide, which then gives them the opportunity to do things like self-realization, self-actualization, this type of stuff. It's so deeply aligned with our ethos. And so you're definitely spearheading it in, in India and specifically in Madhya Pradesh. Yes. Which is the center, central state. It's the heart of India. The heart of India. Yes. 70, over 75 million people in just the state. Yes. <laughs> you can count many states over in US. Yeah. Many states. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is another thing is the whole scales phenomenon is a really important part of this. There's 330 million people that live in the US and there's one and a half billion people that live in India. And so we're talking five times the USA's population. And we're talking that many more people that need their those basic needs met and that will have lots of really good, again, self-realization, self-actualization gifts to bring the world, which is very exciting as well. Yes. I'm sure you're seeing this already a lot with the work that's being done with Sukarma, where you're literally seeing an, a positive influence that you make on meeting the basic needs of somebody. And then literally their time is opened up Yes. to be able to achieve yes. great things. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which is like... That's so heartwarming to see that. Yeah. And Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Let's, all right, let's, let's jump in. So we have 
we have the visuals as well. Should we just walk through it basically? I think it's probably yeah, best to yeah, do that. Yeah, it's a good idea to go over the visuals and yeah. we can have an idea like what's going on here. So Yes. Yeah. And Maya had this Maya and the Sukarma Foundation put together this really solid end of 2020 email, like the New Year's celebratory email recapping basically all of the awesome things that you guys have accomplished. And we also have the so we'll pull that up and we also have gallery images on the website that we'll go through and stuff like that. So Okay. So this is that message that we were just talking about. And it looks like you've also had a lot of supporting hands. Yes. Uh, how many how many people Absolutely. is the organization at now? So we have a uh, fourteen people as a board member. Fourteen? Fourteen means seven over here and others are volunteer of course and in India seven more in India. That's awesome. Yeah. So we have like these are volunteers and apart from that like we have other teams which is volunteer in the ground and our working staff so more about like 40 people four zero all together awesome yes it, so somewhere around like 26 volunteers on the working staff exactly yeah yes, cool yes, yeah. yeah and there are also some of them people are on the payroll of the nonprofit as well absolutely they are yeah, too. those okay. are mostly in india mostly in india cool exactly yeah yeah, yeah. great Okay. None of them, none of them here. We got paid, like because we whatever we get, we really want to give hundred percent in the work. We all are here volunteer, including me, yeah, full time. Yes. Yeah. So, what was this? first part the health and care foundation yeah so the story starts here as we talk about like you know all our work which has been going uh, in india over like three four years uh, and first one was like you know as you know uh, menstrual hygiene uh, sanitary pad low-cost manufacturing and then uh, we started a telemedicine center in the mid afterwards when we had interview and last year when I went there, I used to connect like, you know, uh, like-minded uh, nonprofit locally in India so that we can have more helping hands. So Health and Care Foundation is another nonprofit based in Ahmedabad. That's where mm -hmm. the Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi uh, home was. Yeah, okay. So that foundation works very closely with the uh, communities in uh, Gujarat which is in western part of India and they ha they have a very big hospital they worked over 30 years first they were a polio foundation and then later they become a health and care foundation they had a big doctor's team and big hospital where they treat uh, very rare disease uh, at the minimal cost basically the subsidized treatment for the poor communities so when I went to India, uh, our Sukarma Foundation want to introduce their foundation that as a team, how can we work together? So we had this first meeting 
uh, in February, first month, first week in February, so that we can get introduction of Sukarma Foundation. And then if we need any help as a doctor, as a medical professional, they can come to our state and help us in a b bigger way, which they have done. Because in, uh, in a year back, we organized a one mega health camp in our area where we we treated around 2000 2000 patients and we scanned uh, 300 women in terms of like you know the breast cancer is is very like prominent in all the communities especially in india too and in the village there there are like many women they even don't go for uh, uh, annual checkups or any kind of like you know uh, uh, just a routine like uh, yeah. when they have something so we had some kind of you know um, a small device where we can take it to the village and scan like do the basic breast uh, breast scanning and then we find out if something is wrong in there and then if we had something then we can report to the higher officials where they can take care of them in terms of the treatments or any other helps so there women community they are unaware of any kind of like the pap smears or uh, uh, breast examinations or any other like you know ongoing uh, uh, treatment so we helped uh, i mean they helped us they they were they their full staff was there for for about a week and then they went to village to village and that's how we we organized this mega health camp uh, uh, before the pandemic actually okay yeah. so it's kind of like taking really strong ideas from nonprofits and intertwining them into one another's projects. And so this was about the female's health care in terms of gynecology, breasts, making sure that there's no um, cancers and that kind of stuff, keeping good health. Yes, including also like the children's and the older people's because they have yeah, all kind serious. of doctors in their hospital. So their doctors went to our place uh, in terms of like the surgeons, orthopedicians, and uh, ENTs and all that, uh, all those people. And then we collected the tribal communities around that area and they came all in the camp and they got the treatments. So yeah. that treatment was free. It was like a couple of days uh, camp where we organize this together. Yes. Okay. Okay. So then, okay. So <clears throat> now this is the earliest part, the February. And then is this second sort of, or is this? Yeah. So, okay. so this is what, what happened like last year or oh, when I went to India, like, you know, I, I, I visit India twice in a year just in normal like you know doing the projects and prepare like hey i'm gonna go there and work in these kind of stuff but last year was a really different because in january we had no sign or symptoms of yeah. covid yeah. and when i went there from beijing it was kind of unusual that you know how officials behind you how they were checkings and all that because we always hear the short of like every year we have a new disease or new infections or new something but that not uh, not big as as this covid so uh, so when i saw on the airports like there was a big lines and they were checking the temperatures taking the histories and all i have given and i went to the other i mean other uh, cities and after a month i got a call from the officials like hey you came from us to beijing to india do you have any symptoms like flu or fever? I said, no, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm doing my work, just going, meeting people. 
and all of the sudden in march boom because you know everywhere is like chaos and then everything is shutting downs and everything is like just uh, we had an indian festival it's called holi it's a big festival in india that's right that's right yeah and people were on vacation just you know celebrating that stuff and after the holi uh, on 21st or 2nd march our pm prime minister he announced the entire complete lockdown in entire country mm-hmm. believe or not like probably 50% people even don't know what is covid because they were living in a in a very remote area they are mostly the working staff which goes from one city to other city for the livelihood uh, for like periodically like four months five months wherever they have a job in march is a period where most of the agriculture crops comes and lot of labor they deployed all over the country like all over the states like our state we had a very fertile uh, state where we grow like all kind of crops so that season was the crop cutting season and lot of labor they deployed into the field where they don't have any kind of information like yeah. twitters radios totally. newspapers or anything totally. and they've been hearing this like hey india's closed it's shutting down no transportation how would you go to home and there's no limitation that you know this will open in a week or two week or a month or a year no it's just like everything is chaos then what we did is like what to do because we also can't go anywhere because luckily i was in my village and then realize oh this uh, virus is spreading like anything so we need to aware the people at least what it is um uh, how this will spread and uh, what kind of you know where this is coming from how to stop this just to make an awareness because i worked in ucsf i used to make a lentivirus in a virology lab i handled all those stuff i knew about it uh, so i'm the best person to give the information in their local language because they don't understand english they don't understand even the the hindi which is like very very pure because we have our own dialect which which is which is yeah. like a bundelkhandi so if you can convert that in your the local language and then in local dialect which is very very useful then what we did is like we prepared like the material uh, uh play the movies uh, movies means like some expert advice uh, uh on a projectors we played out in a pro- projectors handouts the pamphlets flyers and and you know organize those campaign you can see in in the pictures like how people are standing and how we are managing those mics and and you know going street to street under the tree on the road and and so many villages idea is just to inform that so that they will not be scared they will not be like you know uh they will not feel like hey we are unsafe or something like that we are going to die tomorrow no it just like to to give them information yeah cuz my first reply to you was that yeah it's not like they have twitter exactly know, a, yes and, and how it, do you convert this data to people that are in the field working on picking crops right that don't even have a translation of what the word you know a corona virus actually means exactly there's, yeah there's all these yeah communication so, that has yes so we, then then we started like you know making awareness and all then later what we realized is like because of the shutdown 
uh, everything is closed work is uh, like you know totally like shut down because the the migrants worker actually those worker they were on the daily wage means like if they are working today they will get paid by the evening and they will buy the stuff and they will eat it right and if the work is not there then what they will eat because they don't have any food kind of stuff mm-hmm. then what they will do they will pack their bag and they will say like oh we left our children at home i mean in our village so we had to go back and we need to take care of them so they just put uh, they just packed their stuff they uh, migrated from wherever they were working to their home which is like 500 km which is like you know thousands of kilometer from east to west and you know central to other places so these kind of migrants they start moving on barefoot because there was no transportation and wow. march is a kind of a starting of heat which is like 40 40 is like you know uh, 105 and mm-hmm. 110 temperature was rising and you can see like how these people will go because there's no water and most scary thing when villagers they came to know hey there is a virus so that means you don't you don't have to like you know uh, you don't have to go to another village but also you need to uh, stop all those foreigner like foreigner means uh, other village other community people entering in your village and mostly sure. uh, roads they passes from the one village to another village to something and they cannot carry like 10 days water on their ha- on their sure, like you know shoulder so they had that. to go to the village to get the water food or something but unfortunately everything was closed Close no off. helping yeah. hands yeah. and on the top of that there was a police who was beating them who was scaring them and all that so all this chaos happening so we were what we did is like we were trying to that's this migrants distress yeah yes you yes. can see the first picture on the left side they i mean i was passing from there and i saw like 15 20 people uh, on the white bag they had their stuff like clothes food maybe something else and they were they i when i stopped my car they thought like some official scheme and they will arrest us but then when i stopped my car i said hey i'm here to help you listen to me i mean you know what can i help you guys and they said we didn't had a food last two days because we are walking i mean they had a children's very very uh, small children's and and uh, they were also walking barefoot So yeah. then what we did is we took them to the safe place we just you know uh, told them like hey here is the food you can cook you can pack for yourself and we are arranging from the border because all the border uh, district border was closed i mean you cannot enter from one border to another border so like my village uh, is kind of a, on the on the border from the next district so we dropped them there and then from there we we had other friends uh, who were also helping these people we we called them and make sure these people will land it safely there so then when we were helping such kind of in our own car which is high risk of you know you are you may get uh, covid from them or 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 you can give them a covid is short of confusion because early time like we didn't know how covid is coming right and we also knew like the most of the covid or these these uh, like you know the patient came from the international cities like for example like china wuhan to maybe somebody landed in mumbai and mumbai person gave to 
thousands uh, more and those people they landed in a smaller cities and those people landed in another small so this this is how covid was traveling right one place to another but in the march at least these people were safe and villagers were safe but because of that fear was there because of that this misinformation was there on a social media or wherever that everybody was scared like i was treating you you as like you know you had a covid because there was no test available you cannot test like you have a covid because it was very limited it was kiosk everywhere so then everywhere was everybody was assuming that okay i may have covid you may have covid you are my enemy i am your enemy something like that it's like very very uh, confusing situation totally. so everybody was treating them as a as a as a not with the kindness but the victim yeah yeah so then in that situation what would you do like you, you you will definitely try to help them you definitely try to accommodate them and and make sure they at least should reach their home and that was then in a very early time uh, uh beginning in in a in a april and then when this start, when the first lockdown it was like uh, i think it was first week or two weeks and then later they they keeps extending they keeps extending so lockdown stay home order is not like here here at least if you have some emergency you go you take your car you go police won't stop you i mean cop they will say why are you going you say like i'm going to take a medicine but in india it was opposite if you say you need to show prescription if it is not up to date they will they will take your car they will you know probably they if you are not wearing or not like you know uh, following their instruction they will they may beat you to stop to stay at home which was kind of a good a good in a way that you are stopping spreadness but it is not a kindness like you know if the person need something they cannot go to store only the medical store was open nothing else was open no food store not everything was going in the black so black means like you know i mean in the small community you know each other if you uh, uh, close the uh, shop but then you you had to help other people because you are not that bad person you you want to help like all the villagers so you will give in a some other way like you know other other door or something like that so this was short of things was happening and later we realized no people really need a help now we need to deploy our team we need to ask for more volunteers and luckily uh, all the big cities students who were working in a tech companies who were working in some offices they they came back to the home which is the village because they belongs to the village so those kids and students and worker staying at home and they thought like what's going on we should help people so they they came with us we made a big team and then we went to the village to village finding out the older community older community means like if the older couple is living in some house if they are taking any medication kind of like sugar or blood pressure or or heart or anything they cannot get the same medicine when when it is like you know uh, uh, over because they they had to go ultimately the uh, transportation was closed so they cannot go they had to stay without the medicine for so many days so we find out such people such such older people and they didn't had a food because they ran, ran out of the grocery they can't like you know go out because because there are restriction police was you know beating or some kind of uh, rumors around the area so these families handicap 
diseased people means like those who have a cancers or other big diseases they were just you know very miserable that they cannot have even a painkiller so we we find out such people such families a nearby area we deployed our team uh, we delivered the dry ration which means like the grocery and what grocery is like it includes uh, uh, it includes like a basic uh, meal so that they can at least prepared in their house means uh, wheat lentil and some indian spices some mask sanitary pads for the women's and uh, uh, medicine if they need so this kind of packages we made it and then we deploy we started deploying in the in the villages like uh, like um, uh, these like yeah so for the migrants worker uh, because they were going miles and miles they don't have shoes so we also gave them a shoes because it was a heat and they were they were going uh, in a very rough trails so sometime they had a cut on their feet sometime they had a, a thorns in their their you know feet so you had to see those people and especially the kids so we also arranged like this kind of stuff and then start giving them and 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 we also have seen like uh, because there was a big scarcity around the area and they knew like here is the police here is the police so what they used to do the migrants worker who were taking their stuff on the head they follow the river trail so what happened is like the river trail goes and uh, goes uh, uh, miles and miles which can uh, connect to the another state or another city they were not taking the route uh, because of the scarcity because police was there so they were taking the river trail which is like it's kind of you are walking in a death valley i mean miles or miles you can go but you cannot find a water any food or anything so so we find because we live in the bank of river narmada and dudhi river so there were we were seeing lot of people and they used to walk in the dark night so that people will not see them they walk they start walking around 7 o'clock in the evening up to 5 o'clock in the morning and daytime they will find some kind of uh, tree so that they can take a rest and then again the evening they can start walking so this kind of uh, this kind of scenario happening there and we have seen from our eyes i mean you know you you cannot sit at home then we started you know finding such families peoples 50 peoples together sometime 40 peoples together and make sure they will have enough food for 5 days 10 days something like that and we are also connecting other uh, people who were living in a other other district so we can only we were limited because we are not supposed to go to the another district so we can only help uh, in our district and then we had other friends uh, volunteer groups they were working their own so we connect them like hey this group is coming you need to take care of them so they take care and then they also forward to other other uh, state so this is how the collective efforts of so many peoples and in like in a community in india work together in this covid time and when the after the third lockdown when pm announced like hey now you can take out your vehicles yeah so one more thing is like we cannot take our car like my car i cannot take because you know i didn't had a permission to take out then what we should do 
लाइक वी यूज टू हैव रोज मोटर बाइक इन इंडिया लाइक वी कॉल इट मोटरसाइकिल सो वी यूज टू कैरी लाइक फिफ्टी पाउंडस और मे बी हंड्रेड पाउंडस ऑन दोज मोटरसाइकिल एंड फाइव फाइव टेन वॉलेंटियर वी यूज टू गो एंड कैरी दैट दैट बैग एंड मीन आई यूज टू गो विद दोज बाइक्स मोटर बाइक्स एंड दिस इज हाउ वी यूज टू रीच आउट टू द पीपल बट दैट ऑल्सो यू कैन नॉट कीप मोर स्टफ सो देन वेन दे अनाउंस लाइक थर्ड लॉकडाउन वेयर यू कैन टेक आउट योर कार एंड यू नो जस्ट गो फॉर एसेंशियल स्टफ देन वी स्टार्टेड हेल्पिंग मोर पीपल ऑन द हाई वे सो वॉट वी वर सींग लाइक देर वॉज अ बिग क्योर बिग न्यूज दैट माइग्रेंट्स वर्कर आर डाइंग ऑन द रोड विदाउट यू नो फूड और विदाउट वॉटर एंड सम ऑफ देम दे वर हाइडिंग यू नो वॉट द सीमेंटेड मशीन यू नो द सीमेंट मिक्सर मशीन्स बिकॉज ऑफ यू नो दे हैड अ फियर लाइक अ पुलिस विल कॉटस और समथिंग सो दे वेंट अंडर द मिक्सर मशीन and they were hiding there just to reach their home and some of the truck driver or truck owner they were so kind that they took a risk that hey we can drop you like you know it just like you are going one state to another state so people were helping but they were hiding in a very very tough situation like hiding under the grains uh, bags like quintals of something and then they were suffocating in there they were suffocating in some other stuff so this is kind of things were happening so then what we did is like they were passing and walking through the highways so we put this this is the biggest uh, you know the camp that we ever did uh, we were there for um, over a month and we used to cook our food for the thousands of people and here we organized like everything like the the meal the dry uh, snacks and also the slippers and most important is electrolyte packs because you know they can they can live few days without the food but they cannot live without the water and uh, which was like you know um, may april may time was a was a really high heat so at least if they they didn't had a food they can have electrolyte and you know uh, keep them uh, hydrated and also the biggest thing is like when we see the babies for like four months five months they cannot eat a spicy food they cannot eat adult food and the mother is lactating and she didn't had a food then she cannot give a food to the baby then what we should do then we also made like some kind of cerelac which is out of we we call it in local language is a sattu so sattu is basically mixture of the the uh, uh, this um, chickpeas and also uh, uh, this wheat and that is very very healthy because you drink more water and and it keeps you like a Uh, cold and also it keeps you hydrated so that uh, you can mix with the sugar or some sweeteners and you can give it to the children who are like you know who can't eat the the big meals so this is how we made we find out like you know figure out like how to help like everybody out of them so uh, so our volunteer used to go early in the morning i used to go early in the morning we used to cook Uh, entire like a big uh, dish which is like you know we used to make kind of a uh, um what do you call um, it's kind of like you make a cereal but with the vegetables and and more grains so more nutritional mm-hmm. so that they can have like taste and also the healthy and then this this goes like um, over a month and then we also find see in the tribal area there's a no road 
so when there is no road but the families are living there and they cannot go to the market so what we did is like we took the the stuff on our hand like on our shoulder and then whatever they need we used to give them on the top of the hills they are actually the tribal who are not exposed to the main community they they just live their life they are happy in their own zone they don't need like outside stuff they just need the very basic stuff but which was also not there so then we find uh, find out these people because the uh, any vehicles and, and like is car this, is not there is this something like these areas are reliant the rural areas are reliant on the transit of some of the fresh water or or food or basic other needs clothing technology educational things these types of things and that due to the pandemic that those goods were shut down from being able to be received mm-hmm. by them in the rural areas yes yes and so then basically there was an infrastructural mm-hmm. gap that was created because th- the existing infrastructures got closed down and now there's this gap that you know it used to be there but now it's no longer there so people aren't getting their basic needs being met anymore so sometimes you don't we don't even realize that by creating these shutdowns in ways that we actually create these gaps that then starve people of their basic needs that they were receiving because they're located in rural areas usually we only think of the metro areas on the top priority these millions of people that live in the metro areas but the millions of people that live in rural areas you know if there's no roads especially and there's no cars for the in that they own to be able to drive out and if the police are stopping people that are driving then we're creating this again massive chaos absolutely and so then now it requires like non-profit efforts to be like what about these starving people right now because you've shut everything down like what are we doing about that absolutely yeah. even the government was trying their best but they they never realized this consequences after the lockdown yep. they were totally unaware like what will be the outcomes when we do this lockdown because covid may not take these many people but hunger and this shutdown will definitely take a thousands of people and which was i mean we have seen like people were dying on the road people were dying on the you know uh, in the different locations even the factory was closed but the owner they don't want to send them to their home because their factory and their buildings and the work will be limited or maybe stopped they will go bankrupt so what they were doing they were hijacking those those labor like hey we are locking down you you cannot go there and those laborers they were like 20 people in one room they were just you know uh, uh, it's like prison more than the prison actually prison you get some some at least uh, stuff but it was more than a prison and the other thing is like the train they had like special train or something from the south to the uh, eastern india which the big giant people means like you know this nexus they were stopping the train otherwise all the laborer they will migrate to their own hometown then there will be the biggest uh, this uh, labor crisis will happen which ultimately shut down their business their buildings infrastructures their you know whatever the township they are making or, or whatever they are so these kind of stuff also happened so the thing is like here there is a system i mean i i'm not sure is this works in a village or interior area or not but at least 
if you have money you can just deliver online you have internet instacart or amazon or so many things but in india if you if you do that first of all you don't have money and if you do so you don't have internet if you have internet then they will not reach out to you because impossible because they are living in their their own own zone so such a such kind of areas they were like not even aware of it and most important like the people who had some kind of very uh, rare disease or some like you know some some had a cancer some had some operation some had some other issues they were suffering more because they were running out of their medication they were running out of their visit to the doctors and the hospital and all the private hospital they were shutting down all the doctors who were doing private practice during that shutdown they were sitting at home even the government was not using them because only government people can work which is which is again like a disaster like how can you say like health worker frontliner you 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 had to shut it i mean you had to stay at home they are the one who will save the people but because the government system uh, did so so they had to follow the rules so for, for some weeks like few weeks they were at home all the times they cannot go out so so in a way it's like it's like very different from here i was not here so i don't know what happened here but then this is like what i experienced when i was in india yeah the the explanation that you're giving of what the uh, the quote untold stories of what happens when you create lockdown scenarios that then affect rural areas that nobody ever thought were was going to happen and there you go so again it's kind of interesting to see all of the different dynamic adaptation that happens on a planetary level when decisions like this are actually passed along because it is a massive planetary learning experience and in a sense it is the adaptation and the adaptive ability of the planet to be able to figure out well how do we become the kings and queens of biology how do we understand the code of life at a level of star trek so that we don't even have issues like this that even arise in the future and catalyze so much but it was really important it was a massive learning lesson on a planetary level albeit it created a tremendous amount of suffering and chaos it was still an incredible learning experience for us and we will adapt and become even stronger but you're right there's all these untold stories in the rural areas that you're sharing with us that sukarma was able to go in and help alleviate a lot of the problems to this next part is probably my it's probably my favorite part of what Sukarma's doing because it's basically you know the TEDx talk that you gave and also the the whole Padman phenomenon that happened and then Maya is like Padwoman phenomenon now and it's fascinating because it's something that is a part of it's almost like for every single young girl that ends up becoming a woman in the world, they go through this. It's like a kind of being baptized into what it's like to be a woman in a sense to have a menstrual cycle and to undergo this process of, you know, well, this is how what it's like biologically to end up going through the process of if you choose to have a child and that this is what it looks like. And it's 
a deeply like spiritual process to, to undergo that every single month. And it's very taboo in many ways. And so it's very important to like help it so that people don't have like mental health issues while they're going through stuff like this. And so that they feel very comfortable. Like that's why, you know, this is now no tension is this brand name. Yes. It's like no tension. Like let's just open up and be vulnerable and transparent and fun and authentic about talking about this. If you don't have a sanitary way to handle your menstrual cycle, let's find and give you a very sanitary, safe, healthy way to do so. And so that's kind of been one of Maya's biggest points that she's been doing and she you actually you guys actually created a mini a new mini factory yeah yeah so let's yeah walk us through um the new mini factory and its influence yeah so earlier as like sukarma uh, started with this uh project uh, which was my own issue as well as i said in in our earlier videos the journey uh, which belongs to me, which close to me, which very intimate to me. Uh, I really want to solve that issue in India, in a rural, in a tribal area, uh, which I started from my own area um, because I'm the girl from that village who lived there, who experienced those things, who, uh, you know, got her uh, periods in those areas and experience all those methods, traditional methods, and then somehow end up in a science kind of backgrounds and study science and moved here in California. So, so when I go back, I always see like all those girls and all those women uh, are still same. I mean, same means they may progress in uh, so many ways, like they may have a smartphone, they may have like other devices, other stuff, but they cannot upgrade their own hygienic stuff which is like something uh, it, it bothers me and, and it bothers me in terms of like when they come up with some kind of infections, some kind of, you know, bothering. Like, for example, the girl, if they are going to school and they are sitting six hours in the class, which is way more like impossible that they can sit comfortably with the piece of clothes, because first of all, they will have always fear like, hey, this may leak any time we will have a spot any time on our back and we may we may be humiliated in in next minutes so this kind of uh, yeah. uh, if trauma if they are carrying entire in their class yeah. how they can study so there is in india it is a it is a report says like 12 percent girls they drop out from school because of they don't have toilets or this hygienic uh, stuff in the in those areas 12 percent 12 percent yes yeah i can the imagine girls. that story that you're painting of you know being there and just kind of like well you know if i'm don't have the proper sanitary pads to deal with this menstrual cycle i'm going to be completely embarrassed you know and traumatized by the experience yeah this these are very there's like this one is so important to tackle and it's such a simple one to tackle to make enable more young girls to stay in school and to not have those mental health traumatic experiences that are again just so it's a very important yeah and 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 this is basically uh, uh inhibiting your growth and your life which means if you are stopping your education you are ending up the marriage like if you are 12 13 year old you are not going to uh, school you will get married next year and then next year you will have kids and then more next year you will have three four more kids so by the age of 18 or 20 you have four 
kids one by one and your body is not even 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 the prepared it is not healthy yeah. it is not like you know grown enough to handle all that pressure and where you end up is just like in the labor work or some kind of you know the family stuff or some traditional kind of so i mean here what i want to say is like the simple things in these simple um, uh, what you call like innovations or or productions or or a material can change a life that's for sure so that's what we did is like earlier we had like we started in 2017 uh, our first unit sanitary pad manufacturing unit which yeah. was at the very small area and we realized like no we need a really bigger place because now we have like more people are coming more demands are there and more important like we have a more worker uh they want job because in what happen is like in 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 uh india we don't have many jobs for the um uh, the women who are not in college or you know not finished their high school they are just you know simple worker so what we did is like um uh, we we also want to employ these women we also want to train those those uh, uh kind of uh, uh needy stuff and also like we really want to make sure they will get their income and also these hygienic things so we started uh, working with those groups and women's so we hired like the big place and and then we started making more pads and and that is actually in the main city area so that can serve more more uh, women and that will also attract more population that hey this this is uh, manufacturing here we should get it from here so it's like more community st- stuff that we we started this year uh, i mean last year and and we become like you know more helpful in this pandemic because as i said i the, the whole story of migrants laborer they were going one place to another place think about like those women were not drinking water in a entire journey for so long why because they had to go for a uni- urination and they know this driver won't stop this this uh, truck or bus or whatever if if he or she won't stop sure. then you know we can't go for for like you know for a washroom so then they were they were not drinking water and on top of that if they are menstruating then where they will find the piece of clothes where they will find uh, a, a information uh, a kind of a pads so what we also included during this uh, the food that we are giving the material that we were giving we were also giving the sanitary pad where they were using or not using they can use maybe later they can use maybe you know uh, they can give it to somebody but they must have at least sanitary pads with them because they've been traveling maybe 15 more days from here to their actual village and also we uh, we knew the drivers because they were transporting uh, from border one border to another border so we find out such driver truck driver or bus driver we also give them a, a box of the pads like hey just keep in your bus like the bus you uh, where you see all those migrants worker if you feel like there is a women or the girls just give them for free at least they will have some some uh, something with them so that they can help each other maybe they may not need now but somebody else need they may not have that part at that time so this is also a kind of a very helpful 
during this pandemic that we have given so many pad for free in all those communities like in in our district and the people who are coming from east to west india and also going to the eastern part rural bihar orissa calcutta's now and other other places because the, those are the places where they had like most the migrant slaver they go they deployed in entire country for the work yeah in the numbers i think you were saying in one of the notes was something like 500,000 sanitary pads have been manufactured since the operations first began in November 2017. Yes, yes. It yeah. was like the the manufacturing and distributions and we are also helping in some kind of nature nature calamity which is like flood like uh, right, uh yeah. other stuff so yeah everything is like uh, going together. Yeah, let's pull that up. So, we Yeah, I really like the brand that no tension is a great way to market it. I love that. It's actually really deeply resonant for me as well. It's just like again, just taking the all of the taboo out, making it really fun and authentic and transparent and vulnerable and easy. to chat about and just getting the sanitary pads in for the young girls and making it easy again just the simplicity of of knowing that this is so important and it's such yeah. a simple thing to it's it's yeah. just making more intimate to them like it's their yes. personal things yeah yeah sure and then this was around some of the community classes that you were teaching me about which was awesome I also didn't know that this was a uh, this was happening which was hiring local teachers Yeah so what happened is like uh uh I was there for like uh January to September in India and I was I feel very lucky even the luckiest person because I end up being there if I'm in Bay Area I may not uh, able to deliver all these stuff So what I have realized is like you know uh, uh those uh, kids who were going to the government school everything shut down like government school closed private school closed but then they later realized this lockdown is extending so private school they started like just like here they started online classes they started uh teaching on whatsapp or some zoom or some other other uh, platform but well, what happens when you don't have internet and computers exactly. right you so don't the, again the, 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 yeah like yeah so the government school yeah. uh, they are already like we all know like underprivileged kids they mostly go to the government school so those school they were they were closed and those kids they just you know they were like they have no idea when when to start this uh, school again and then they were just playing going here and there passing their time so we have seen like so many kids they are just you know i i i feel this is more natural way of learning but still totally. like you know they should keep up what they ha- they they've been doing in the class so then what we we started is like uh, first of all we started a, a, a opening a one learning multitasking center which is also a store room for our sanitary pad exclusive store keeping the sanitary pad uh, because that town which is a sankheda 
nearly close by more than 50 villages 50 villages around uh, that area uh, they the villagers comes to get uh, all the Uh, materials and other shoppings and other other stuff because you know that is kind of a small town so uh, then we we made a stock room so that the the pads they can get the easily they can enter in the office and then first they have, they see oh this is the pad box which is very elegant way that they can relate hey this is not no more taboo because they are selling it and and this is what this office belongs to like sukarma foundation no tension pad and this is women things because we don't talk about it like we are not open uh, open in in terms of like these sanitary pads or any women hygienic stuff so then we we started you know uh, uh, keeping them and also we realized there is a like the computer learning is is somehow uh, lacking in that area means like if the kids they knew the computer they can do their own own homework they can do their you know own stuff if they have a computer so what we did is like uh, we had we uh, kept uh, some laptops and we hired the computer teacher that they will teach all those girls women's kids who really need a, a computer basic literacy like you know how to make a spreadsheet word file uh, internet how to pay their bills online how to uh, handle this bank accounts online and all that those are very handy stuff so they start coming and they start learning and then we also started like this this uh, uh, community class which means like Uh, in the community there may be uh, 30 uh, students and they don't know how where to go and how to read that because they don't have cell phone their their parents they are laborer or they are you know just just living there and and not like you know very wealthy so then uh, our uh, teachers they go in that area and talk to the uh, the some community members like hey can you give us a, a space because we don't want to bring your kids uh, uh, in our center so that otherwise they will get infected means like they have high risk of corona so it's better we will come to your place with the, all the safety like mask and sanitizer and we will uh, uh, teach them here in locally so they gave us a place and we started like basic learning basic homework and then all kind of all grades of up to 12th grades so our teachers they go and they 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 uh they are there for a whole day like in shift wise and then they teach those kids so that programs went really well because even now they i mean in our india in india march uh, february march is the exam time and we are about to to uh heading that that time and and if they are not going uh, school or not uh, reading any books or not doing anything then they may not you know uh, go to the next class and then ultimately they will leave the school because they are not passing the class and they will feel bad in the community so this is kind of a new initiative we started uh, in 2000 like uh, 20 during the pandemic and more more kids are coming uh more children are joining and more parents are coming and and asking yeah. like hey our kids really want to go in your class how do we send them and all that so this was really uh, i mean it feels me like really very very uh kind of connectings and educating and and motivating also because the the kids who were living like those who migrated from the city to village remember the college uh kids or uh, college students or worker who were working in the tag they can also take a classes there they can use their time if totally. effectively effectively so the solution th- was bringing online education into rural areas 
yes, solution. Absolutely. Interesting. And then there was also a similar situation with floods and sort of the way that the continued assistance and relief of whether it was the basic needs being met or the education being met or the basic shelter being met. And that was some example that we were going through a little bit earlier as well. Yeah, there's a lot of different prongs that you're tackling from. Well, well, I would I let me put it this way. Like 2020 was really a disaster year. I mean, we were shorting out this uh, uh, COVID things and, and this work and this relief. But the, at the same time, we were also knowing the flood is coming to each of us home and wiping like everybody's like, you know, basic stuff. Like forget about the crops, like the crops, uh, those farmers, they were growing, they all gone. But those who are living in a downside uh, non-hilly area, they were submerged under the water in August, month of August, I was there and our village is surrounded by the biggest river is a Narmada, which is equal to uh, Ganga River and also uh, sub, uh, sub rivers like small rivers like Dudi and other rivers, they were there. So what happened is like, when the flood came, the water goes like rivers in, in the villages. So most of the villages, they are submerged for some time. And then those, those people, they, because we don't have prediction like here. Like here, if the, any storm is coming, you will get at least 24 hour uh, sure, notification. Sure. And your uh, rescue team deployed to save people. At least uh, whatever is your uh, material is going, don't worry about it. We'll take care of you. We'll take you to the same place, safe place. But in India, no, it's not like that. I mean, the flood came mostly in the night and they were sleeping. And when they realized, hey, there's a flood coming. Okay, let's go to somebody's house because those who are living on an uphill. So they just saved their somehow their life and then they, they just went there. And some of them, they have mud house and all that. So that is all vanished. And then they didn't have food. Everything is wet. And the school is submerged in the water. The, all the records, they went like, you know, they wiped away. And some of the animals, you know, the animals in yeah, the goats house. goats and cows. Yeah, they those were, are very important. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were not like here. Uh, they were like, uh, they were tied with something like chain or something. Yeah. So even even they want to run, they cannot run because it's it, they were tied with the chain or some yeah, some rope. Yeah. So they just you know they were there and then in the morning you see they all died and or they may just you know flood flood with this this um, this water. Yeah. So this kind of this kind of things were happening. So we thought like okay let's help them too because you know it's all community efforts. More people are coming, more people are helping. Yeah. Then administration also he, they are trying to deploy it and helping the rescue team there so we were getting calls so many calls like here and there like hey we really want help and help and help so we also also helped in in this like uh like the clothes they didn't had it so then whatever you had left at home or whatever people donated to us we just uh, send them because this was the perfect time to give them nothing nothing more you can do than giving them very essential stuff like including food food clothes uh, uh, lights and, and all that basic stuff. Yes. Yeah, there's a, a fascinating amount of layers that go into the conversation about the nature of reality, which we'll talk about a little bit after we get through some more of the Su Karma Foundation's progress. But just one of the ideas is that the whole thing with, you know, a year being 
negative is just it's a funny thing because in one perspective it's absolutely true in one layer like a year that has a lot more suffering is a worse year because we want to move towards flourishing right but we also understand that that's a very dualistic perspective and the non-dual teaching on another layer says that everything's absolutely perfect exactly the way it is and that that's sort of a transcendent eternal style perspective and so it's just interesting to always reference these layers as we have the conversation because they enable us to see it from multiple perspectives as as we're going through the process so another critical component to this that i actually also didn't know was actually a problem globally is that uh that's actually being solved through a really cool technological process which is that the metropolitan areas have 75 percent of the doctors but 75 percent of the patients are in the rural areas which is pretty yes. interesting wow yeah that's true actually yeah. because most of the population i mean the the needy and uh uh, rural population, 80% uh, in India, they are in the village, actually, the population. That's so interesting. That, And I wonder if that statistic carries over in you know, China and U.S. and other places as well. But that's a really, really important that that's being currently solved through, in this case, you, know, you guys with telemedicine and basically a lot of the other institutions and organizations around the world are realizing that that's a massive part of our future is whether it be telemedicine or whether it be tele anything is just in general being able to get linked up with an expert on video and soon to be in the virtual and augmented reality environments is just a lot more frictionless and a lot more location agnostic and all this type of stuff and so it's almost in a sense 2020 is getting humanity more and more ready for the virtual and augmented reality era where there's like less location based processes and more location agnosticism so people from around the world can more easily be able to collaborate and do things together like in this case where people need their basic patient needs be met they can phone in a doctor that's in the metro areas so yeah so that's a oh yeah and that's that's the that's the wrap of the of the newsletter yeah, yeah so uh, we talked in the last video was like this project telemedicine was in progress when i came the in our first uh, session yeah. that time like two years back yep so just like uh, menstrual hygiene, I realized like healthcare is also a big problem in that that area where I was working. So then we then in a in a one conference I saw uh, there's a conference in Bay Area, uh, Tycon, which happens like every year. It's a very big tech conference uh, for Asian community, Indian community. I've seen there like a one booth where they they were displaying this telemedicine and how this telemedicine clinics they were working in india remotely yep. i was very fascinated uh, four years ago when i saw that i said wow this is amazing this is what we want something mm -hmm. in the rural area because we had a hard time to find the doctors in 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 our area so then i told them like i mean i asked them like what do you need like what is the minimum requirement you have 
and they said like you know what you just need a electricity and 2 mbps internet speed Yo. so which is like electricity you can produce through solar because sure. we are you know all sunny uh, indian most totally. of the time we are sunny but then how about in internet so then slowly a year later i saw like there was a, a, a mobile tower which is like geo signal tower we can see like our phone and our uh, like this internet is working then i contacted same people like hey in my village we got the like, internet now can you come and set up that uh, clinic kiosk in our village they said we don't work with the independent like individual small non profit we work with the government with the big mass scale uh, um, like corporation kind of i said we are solving this problem serving the humanity and you have to do with us yeah, i no mean kidding. you have to work with us and they were agree like okay we'll do one clinic in your place yeah. <laughs> so they started in in a um, in a like two year back almost two year back they started in our village and we didn't had any big hospital if anybody gets sick and they need to go to civil hospital which is 100 km from our place yeah. and there's no public transportation so mostly people they end up like suffering at home or when they have time or the transportation then then only they will go so this problem at least they solved at the primary level so then people are coming like every day like farmers they are working in the field and somehow they have cuts in their hands or or in the legs they can come and get the uh, the first aid and also like this uh, so basically this telemedicine is uh, is a complete uh, kiosk setup which is uh, they have a uh, computers i mean computer with uh, cameras and and they have a basic vitals like uh, uh ecg blood pressure uh, your oxygen level your weight and sugar test and and sort of like the basic vitals That's great. where you need uh, uh i mean you doctor needs to identify your your like you know the problem diagnose the basic problem and everything is interconnected means working in the real time like whatever you are you are inserting through the tab Uh, the doctor can see that and everything is interconnected where all the medicine list doctor also have it and we also have it so there is a vending machine like medicine vending machine you can see in the pictures on the back so the doctor is seeing the patients and we also employed like a two girls from our village they were educated like they were they went to college degree in biology but they didn't had job because we didn't had any company around so we trained them in a way that they can become a healthcare worker and they can serve the community so they they learn very fast and we also hired the practice nurse practitioner who can give a drip and then nebulizer and then you know uh, give all kind of medication to the patients so all these three women or girls they are running the entire clinic they are communicating with the doctors and when the doctors identify the sim- sis- uh, symptoms because in india what happen is like uh, mostly people when we go to the government hospital everything is on paper so when we write everything on paper then they come home and then they lost that paper and two year back when they go to the doctor they said like do you have any allergy do you have anything they don't know anything yeah versus so the, the electronic medical exactly. records yeah yeah so they don't have any records but in this one they have all the records when yeah. they come after 20 yeah. years they that's, have mri that's number that's awesome that that and, we keep that now and also the medical vending machine is so interesting too yeah so so they can walk in any time and after 20 year later they can come and say hey mrn number okay 
you sure. had these medi- just like us here yeah, that yeah, we, totally. we, we go here and even here it's still a shit show on the electronic medical records business yeah it's but still it's still basic show. thing at least doctors knows your study they can uh, study ahead of your time when by the time yeah, you reach if the data interoperability least, is there which a lot of the time it still isn't and they still have to ask you the same questions exactly yeah yeah, yeah so okay. so in a way like those people they have all the record history and you know they have allergies or some kind of like our area is mostly like tobacco area means like a lot of people they chew tobacco uh, tobacco sure. and also like you know um, other stuff like uh, uh, not drugs actually, uh, but alcohol is certainly it's it's everywhere sure. so basically the the women the most important the women can walk into our clinic because they are not dependent on the men's who can take them to the hospital or you know uh, find the extra time so they can come and get the their treatment they can come get their drips and and you know if they have any uh, other issues like women related issue the gynecology come specialists will come and guide them if they have another severe stuff then they can refer to the district hospital or any other city if they have previous report these girls they can scan that report send it back to the doctor doctor can study and send send the better medication for that and also like this uh, uh, everything as I said everything is interconnected so after the the diagnose and the treatment there's a, a prescription will come through the printer and which has a barcode so the barcode when they scan in the machines all those medicans medication the doctor described they will come out and patient can collect and they can go to home within 15 minutes so it is kind of a very very convenience for for all these this people. is a very advanced technology stack for a rural village in india yeah the middle of yeah, nowhere this like, is a really advanced technology stack ab- yeah absolutely so during this, this is COVID, a huge leapfrog whoop exactly like leapfrog a bunch of old technology stacks like whoop just jump right to the cutting edge of telemedicine yes so yeah. i'm 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 uh uh uh, I just want to I, I just want to give a more detail during this pandemic what happened is like as I said all the private practice was closed doctor was sitting at home and only the government hospital was open during this first or second or third lockdown so what happened is like all those um, patient who were like you know um, who want to have another another stuff like you know let's say they have some diabetes or something they cannot walk into the doctors because they are not taking anymore because you are at the high risk uh, to get the covid because it is like highly sensitive totally. area totally. so then what they will do i mean they they cannot wait for two months three months for for like you know sugar test or something else so then our our clinic was open during the whole pandemic and we increased also the hour because earlier we used to open like 9 9 a.m to uh, 6 p.m but then we started like hey there is a more need more people are coming up let's open for like let's say 24 hour if there is somebody's coming in the midnight late night early morning nobody like we can call or we extended our hours like 8 a.m to 9 p.m so this is how like we we increased our time we increased our labor work we we uh, connected more doctors like some of them from here uh, my friend because here is day and night difference so uh, if night uh, uh, in india it's morning right now so if the any patient is coming and they are not finding like a pediatrician or somebody then because 
here the doctors she also uh, get the degree from the india so they they can uh, give the at least totally. basic medication yeah, yeah. Uh, to the kids it um, makes more sense for them to be local telemedicine of exactly. course of course so and then, the speaking the language uh, relating on the culture being in the same time zone all that absolutely stuff, yeah. so then we we try to uh, utilize more and more that technology uh, during this pandemic i remember one story there was a guy who he used to live in a different uh, district i mean we are from a different district but our village on the edge as i said like it's surrounded by the river so if you go to this uh, area you will come up in like let's say this is california and this is mexico you cannot cross that border during the pandemic so that guy he used to come uh, to our clinic he was regular visitor he had a f- uh, two years kid so in the night he started walking around 3 o'clock in the night i, I it's it's a morning and he took the route of the river and then he reaches 6 a.m in the morning to our home and when i woke up i said like who is there and he said you know i'm walking for 3 4 hour i took this route because here police is sitting there i cannot take that route and i'm from a different like we know because these villages are very close he did that all to come to the telemedicine clinic yes, yes, for his he, child right yeah. two two year old child yeah. and i feel like what is going on what I is mean, going on why really? is there so much friction yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. so that moment i said this is really worth it that you know if if we can treat people like him or people like you know other community totally. like these kind of stuff i mean it is so much like we have we have achieved uh, like so much it is like i was so humble to see that this guy he was sitting for 2 hour because you know doctor was not available but still he want to get treatment he want to get medication he want to make sure like you know i will not be in trouble like next couple of months and then he will revisit again something like that totally. so these kind of people who are really needy who are really in pain they were visiting and and you know getting the treatment 2500 <laughs> patients per month yes yeah at the one clinic yes wow yeah because it it is like you know some of them they are coming to take for a medication some of them they are t- coming for a that's almost 100 a day yeah it's absolutely almost 100 a day wow yes absolutely so how many different telemedicine portals are there in the clinic how many different stations are there so stations is like we don't do uh, like the blood testing and drawing because that is lot of work and also of the chance of infections totally, so yeah. we send them to the different town if they had yeah, if they if need they like that. any so how we have, many of those yeah stations are there yeah so mm-hmm. we have so far like three station one is like okay. uh, to measure the vital other is to connect the doctors and other is to connect like you know to withdraw the medications and all vitals doctor medications and then Got one it. is yeah. a different Got section it. like uh, covered section for the drip and and uh, injections okay. like uh, for it. the women uh, or whoever is coming sure, there sure. so these are like four five yeah four five station that we have it interesting so it seems like the yeah the components are so far the primary ones the sanitary napkin manufacturing the no tension brand that's kind of the most primary one and then there's the telemedicine which we just covered the primary health these are kind of the ones that are going to continue right because all the covid stuff was just because it was the problem yes uh, and it's probably not going to continue stuff like that and at least now we've learned about how to better handle the rural areas when things like this happen 
but there's still some things that do with like the whole flooding situations and stuff like that to be able to more dynamically adapt and things like that and to have better communications and warnings and stuff like that but so it seems like those two for the two ones that are going to continue sanitary napkin manufacturing no tension brand and then the telemedicine and primary health and, and education also and this is what we're going to do so Yeah. Oh, yeah. And computer education for the rural areas. Yeah. Yes, okay. Community classes. So the yeah. community classes, the rural education is another big one. Um, and then this one is also the a critical one, which is the building of the new school. So let's see if if I can pull up some of those. Yeah, here's the it's under the. All right. So this is the new school, the proposal for the new the new school, a 12,000 square foot school in your in actually in your home town. It's, it's where you actually went from yes. grade one to eight. Yes. Yourself. Yeah. So this this is like the school uh, place where um, the school was there for like uh, 60, 70 years because, you know, my uh father my grandpa all they went in the same school uh du during this uh, british time but then over the time we saw these buildings they got collapsed and then now the government they just made a one room two rooms here and there so in that way like that it, it is pretty much scared that is scattered that you know student can't sit comfortably and they can they can't uh, study so basically one two Uh, five students they are sitting in one room six to eight students they are sitting in one room and technically they are not not learning anything they are just going school so what we thought is like how why can't we make a school uh, with the help of foundations people like us and also the community support because if you can show there is a will there is a way right totally. so then this this uh, 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 if if you work on this kind of a efforts you certainly can make it then we come up with the plan that how we can make a sustainable building which can serve our village and also nearby the village as i said like it's a totally remote area and if one family they want to educate their son or daughter mostly they they send their son to the private school daughter no no because it's a culture there because they don't want to spend money on daughter they want to spend money on son so that you know they will be uh, a support in in their uh, i mean this is really i mean this is very very unusual but but then it's it's really at the same time it is a culture we need to uh, accept that that they want to educate son instead of daughter in a private so that they will earn money and they will take care in their older age yeah, yeah. so so then what what happen is like one f poor family farmer family they end up end up paying like 30000 rupees per annum on one kid so imagine like if one family is is uh, putting 30000 rupees per year on a one kid if they had four kids then they can only support maybe two of them maybe one of them so all yeah, the kids yeah. they cannot go to the private school so basi basically the rest of the more than 50% population in the village they won't go and get the college education right so then what we thought is like how to make this sustainable learning which yeah. has everything like the environment like the public school education better public school yeah, yeah. so that the ki kids not only learn the computers and other stuff they will also learn the livelihood livelihood means how to grow their own food 
because we are the farmer community yep. and we are our kids are not learning even how the wheat look like how uh, how the rice look like i mean the the plants look like how the you know how to grow them if they don't know about it then how they will survive you can survive without computer but you cannot survive without the food which is actual part right so we also need to teach them in terms of uh the food uh the vegetables the garden and sustainability when it comes to the environment because altogether the education is i believe it's not about earning money it's about like running this planet with the equal efforts that we take care of all kind of species totally like yeah. waters all kind of animal uh, uh, elements like the water air yeah. uh, soil everything that exactly. we we make sure we are not polluting any of them because they are the integral part of our exactly. our life that's exactly. how we will go maybe 200 more year i don't know how long we will survive on this planet as a human uh, in this covid time but then these kids they really need to learn about like the climate change they need to learn about this this all kind of uh, yeah. stuff so this is how we want to make the school and this is how you know we want to make the community uh, af- i mean this building so that everybody's kids they can go and they can uh, be there up to middle school high school and after that they can go to the good college yeah. so this is what we our efforts that it's it's in a progress we we need to take a permission from the officials and it is the uh, primary plan is done like the architectural designs and map and everything if if we get the permissions and we have uh, funds then we can start building that so this yep. is like very very you know important project for me and everybody and it's a huge long term project huge exactly yeah, yeah. because this is kind of a model that you want to set the example that how many for how other the community rural areas around india and around the world can prioritize a public school education for long term yeah for the kids Ex- yeah. A- absolutely because, because here everybody goes in a public school which is it is a taxpayer money but in india the education is getting more more and more uh, corporate kind of stuff like the all the big school owned by the corporate or the politician and it is becoming like more uh, money making stuff so there is like you know they are eliminating the learning part but they are making like more money so poor people like us we can't even sounds like it. the united states jail system yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe if you our, have money yeah. you can send it well our, no i our like our jail system is very much around making money rather than you know rehabilitation and around education and around enlightening and stuff like that and in and in this case it's if education is going to become this corporate machine that it's also going to be oh well, actually united states has their university system has become like the corporate machine of the public school system like you talk about right now in, in india it's at least from your experience and what it sounds like because the united states on again on that very taxpayer level for the elementary middle and high school yeah sure you're right university wise though it's a joke, you know, $50,000 for some BS sheet of paper that says whether or not somebody's qualified to sit at a 
cubicle for eight hours a day clicking buttons on a computer to do something is an absolute joke that has nothing to do with enlightenment and has nothing to do with the eradication of suffering it has nothing to do with solving the sustainable development goals and maximizing human potential and all of the kids in india in the rural areas and all of the kids in the united states and across the world deserve a very robust non-profiteering style educational component to their youth i it shouldn't have taken me you know, 25 years to hear the word Sat Chit Ananda, existence, consciousness, bliss. It shouldn't have taken me 25 years to understand that I and my father are one, that we are it, that the nature of our consciousness, the nature of our reality is one with the divine, that this is absolutely perfect and that it's unfolding in its just most indescribably beautiful way. And that there's just this so much unnecessary craving and suffering as you know, so many of the planetary spiritual traditions try and enrich us to have equanimity, have imperturbable peace, have causeless joy, to have these most fundamental principles and to butterfly affect them out because that is our true nature is completely washed in all of the insanity of the economic machinery and all of these other components. So to just say it, it's it's permeated across the K through 12, across universities, across adults. So many adults are just in straitjackets. There's no childlike bliss anymore. There's no more childlike peace. It's just egos inside of little boxes around their heads. And so there's a lot of components to this that need a massive flip on their head. Uh, you know, that layer, one layer again within the indescribable perfection is what we actually want to architect, what we are flowing, the architecture process is already flowing through us into the world. So this is probably a good transition into that conversation because there's all these components that you're already doing that are extremely beautiful with Sukarma Foundation, we got to unpack them. But you know, you're also very adamant and very well practiced yourself in the Vipassana tradition, the Theravada Buddhism tradition, the direct most conservative teachings of the Buddha of the end of suffering, of nirvana, of enlightenment, of the eradication of craving and aversion at the most root fundamental level experientially in your own practice. And I am as well. And that as we were talking before we started, there's basically many different faces to this one truth. And whatever face you take, or however many of them you decide to connect, you're going to end up on this one non-dual truth. And that I'm curious to hear what profound influence, because we probably didn't get to uh, unpack this in the more enriched states of being that we're both at now, especially myself after the two year period. So let's unpack sort of your thoughts around Vipassana, around enlightenment, around non-duality, uh, around the nature of reality, consciousness, that type of stuff. Yes, you are absolutely right. Because um, my first time I have done Vipassana in 2015. And in 2016, this, Vipa uh, this Sukarma Foundation bond means I started uh, in India. So when I did first time this Vipassana, I realized like how to channelize your energy uh, in more effective way. Because here I live in Silicon Valley, which is prime 
uh, hotspot for anybody's like you know in terms of job technology computer making money one after others they are you know running like a crazy and there's no end of it right i mean we have seen like most young people most older people they have big mansions cars and it is just endless and in end of their life what they feel like how they um, i mean how they you if you talk to anybody who is like 80 year old and he has everything if you ask one question are you really happy i mean uh, have you achieved what you have you know thought about and they may say like yes we have achieved so much but you can definitely see and say like hey they are not happy because this is not what they have done so this this kind of like uh, the happiness within themselves i don't think like that make that comes with a money or or a material totally so when i did this vipassana and i realized like the craving that we have inside us or among us or in the society community one after other in and short of that ego you know why we are running one after after other things because as as we all know like goenka ji also he was just a typical normal uh, household person he also want to earn uh, millions billions and he earned so far but then end of end of it like when he realized this is like <laughs> craving this is a world of like endless uh, craving that you know we we really want to make everybody's happy like on a back of uh, uh, ancient time when ashoka he just want to become like you know big um uh, king of everybody he just want to kill everybody uh, because he that's the way like that he can become a empire and and he can acquire all that lands or whatever is like but when he met this vipassana he become very ordinary very normal very content person so i think in in my way is like vipassana when i learned and, and when i went first time i realized like in this this uh, uh, what do you call in in a time there's nothing which is like a permanent everything is revolving around you and it's just like your perspective that how you see all those things like you may see like okay i'm working in google i may make million uh, in in 2 years or 3 years but what they will what the million will do will this make you happy or will this make you like you know take you at the another level maybe not but this is a kind of a craving inside you which is pushing you every day which is which is blocking your i would say like it's a blind spot that you are not seeing the other stuff in your back which is more beautiful more satisfying and more like natural around you the energy basically yep. so in that way like i i i felt that like ke i mean uh, i am as a as a uh, um, like myself i came from a village where i started my life with a zero like i didn't had anything to lose all i all those years uh, like let's say in in um, these 30 years uh, i left my home when i was th- 14 and i went to uh, another village to get another education another another school and college and all those years i was just one after other so when i came here i said if i uh, do this community work uh, uh, i i may not lose anything because you know all i will gain is like uh, some kind of experience some kind of exposure that hey you are also the part of this community and if you if you serve these people 
you will feel happiness because you are solving their pain like their issues their problems and they are they are getting better and better and better and that's how i, I engage with this uh, foundation and i mean uh, started this foundation and engaged all those work and i feel like it is very satisfying that you are seeing people around you who are who are in a misery like you know we we all all see, all all see in vipassana like people who are in a misery they they don't know why they are in there because you know they didn't had that exposure of vipassana like in the last person uh, when when came to the buddha like hey i really want uh, enlightenment and by the time buddha said no my time is over uh, the guy said no uh, his time is over but then buddha Uh, came up and said like hey no i mean you know my t- time is not over i may do something good to him so there is a, always like you know uh, uh, a thing and and there is always something uh, ahead you which you cannot see but there is a some positive energy which you can feel and do better work with your experience with the equanimity with the uh, the stillness uh, realizing yourself in this like you know in in this uh, surroundings and and channelizing that positive energy arounds you without uh, having any kind of like ego without having any kind of uh, you know um, competition or any kind of uh, uh, like any kind of negativity in your mind and that's how i learned in in vipassana that you know uh, there is something that we are this this whole uh, i think world is is lacking which is uh, uh i think the the kindness more empathy and 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 more like you know uh, generosity that if they can bring in their own uh, practice and their work i think this this world will be equal and this is how vipassana taught us like we need equanimity in in everywhere we need a, it it uh, i mean vipassana doesn't mean like you need to sit 8 hour and you do vipassana no i mean you need to bring in your action you need to bring in next to you like how can you see this person is suffering in your way not his way if you can realize like if you can see okay this person really suffering and he needs certain thing which makes him happy or uh, you know certain uh, what do you call is like uh, uh, maybe something which can make him or her happy your your goal is is accomplished because you can see at least the pain and most of us we can't see that because you know we are in our own illusion world because my name is maya it means illusion <laughs> but i i try to see beyond that because you know um i mean something money can't buy something money can't give uh, i think we 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 really need some some more enlightened enlightenment uh, beyond that uh, which we can see see like you know more clear pictures and more i think uh, depth in our knowledge and whatever we are doing and 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 uh, surrounding us we can feel that pain and that energy for sure so vipassana is something i have done actually it is a really good thing um, when i went in january uh, in february uh, i applied before like in november uh, in igatpuri which is a main vipassana center in india and that's where the goenka ji he started uh, first time and that place is 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 magical like sacred yeah exactly so i had that like you know in my mind i should do there because it's original place and i'm sure it is much more divine uh, than we thought you know in in other places so i went there and i was 10 days vipassana it was completely different because 
you see like so many peoples and and other people who may not have a time uh, like you know they can give a 10 days but they were coming there because they just want to do and they they were like you know doing this for a long time and they they were happy person it doesn't i mean you can see the laborer people they they came and doing this vipassana for 10 days some like you know daily workers some uh, farmers some it's not like you know the the people who can afford the time and who ha- who have those like resources then they can allocate and take time off of 10 days and go the vipassana no very ordinary people who are coming and doing in 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 very very good manner and i have seen more than that i have seen lot of people who were serving like those thousands of people with the like you know with the happiness with the kindness with the with the with the passion like this is what i have seen before this pandemic i think that helped helped totally. me a lot during all this 8 9 months because uh, this was very high stress and turbulence uh, for for per- particularly me because my family they were very scared in india when i used to leave uh, home around 6 o'clock come back in 12 o'clock in the night they felt like i don't know what happening to her like you know she's just going random places but for for me it was not that stressful because i know what to do i mean you know when when you do something then you can see the clear picture your goal your targeted uh, 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 spot where where you really need to be focused i think the vipassana that's what uh gave me those those uh, paths and open like you know more ways to help more people so i feel this is this is something which is really helpful in in our daily practice actually totally yeah there may in fact be just nothing that is so so important as the gift that we can render the world by turning inward turning inward is the solution and it's been the solution for thousands of years and it's still the solution in modernity and it's just that the everything being so outward driven outward focus is just so funny it's just the infinite seeking exterior for happiness that's just happening and it's like nope the diamond necklace is around your neck it is you it is consciousness it is this this is it you are already infinitely blissful and happy and peaceful but the true recognition of that and the true embodied sahaja samadhi to be able to actually carry it with you weave it the tantric path into the fabric of life is it that is it that's how to do it yet the hilarity of like the parable of the prodigal sons just always like outward 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 hit a breaking point okay fine i'll go inward okay let's see what this consciousness thing is about let's see what you know yoga's chittavritti nirodha is about let me see if i can calm these fluctuations of the mind and what's revealed to me in the process am i actually infinite am i actually eternal is this actually is the form actually an illusion is it actually just a dream what is the formless what is the absolute what is the agentless the attributeless what is that perfection is this perfection too yes it is and to surrender to that flow of perfection 
is it. And it's so hilarious. <laughs> and so peaceful. It's so funny. It's just all like... Yeah, it takes a little bit of uh, time to realize that. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, just go with the flow. It already is. This. <laughs> and it already is happening. And we are it and it is doing us. And just flow with that. Maya, I'm so proud of you. Wow. Look at all the stuff that you've achieved. Look good. Good job. Thank you so much. It's because all of us, like, you know, it's not me. It's all of us collective efforts, the donors, the volunteers, the people like you. Totally. Everybody's collective efforts. So I'm so happy that I'm here. And, you know, again, we are discussing all that things which matters. Yeah. I'm really grateful. You Thank inspire you me so, so much. much. Yeah. You too. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. I I I have a strong feeling that there's going to be a lot of people that tune in that realize at a deeper level sort of what's going on with meeting basic needs around the world. You know, sanitary pads is usually not something that people realize that is something that's just so simple to be able to to put the pieces together to be able to provide for the basic need of young girls, but it's such a massive contributor to their flourishing. And, and so that one and then the basic, you know, the basic health care and primary care needs of telemedicine is huge. It's so awesome. Like the call that you have and you're like, no, we're serving humanity. You're going to yes. help us. <laughs> and that's so fun that they come together like that. And then, yeah, remote education as well now with computers. Is, they're all really strong components. And hopefully, you know, the rich patrons arm, you know, it's not that much, you know, the $300,000 that it costs U.S. dollars to build a school that can last for, you know, decades of making I profound impact on young people's lives. And then that same model in the rural areas around the world to be unleashed as well in a very ecologically, technologically, self-realization, self-actualization style way is uh, that's so beautiful. And absolutely yeah. yeah thank you so much for Thanks, putting Maya. all the efforts making this wonderful presentation i'm so grateful yeah likewise yeah. likewise and you had it already all together in your email blast you sent like 10 days ago and so we just uh, yes. yeah we went over a bunch of that a bunch yes, of that content absolutely and, i'm leaving india again on 17th you're uh, going back Yes, cool. uh, just next week, and I'll be there another four or five months. Four or five months, there you go. You're yes. going back, boom, just like that. Yes, absolutely. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So this is like 2021. I hope this will bring more positivity, more good stuff around us, everybody's. We are hopeful, so let's see. Because people still suffering from basic, basic stuff there. So, yeah. yeah, we can help more people. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, Godspeed going back four or five months is another big chunk of time. A lot to accomplish, though, for sure. It's exciting. And again, for everybody that's tuning in, check out the links in the bio below. Again, the Sukama Foundation is of taking donations, so you can support. Again, just sukarmafoundation.org. Check it out. Links in the bio. Taking donations across all of their different endeavors. We just signed up as well as Simulation, which is really exciting. Love helping out course we love helping out our artists and 
philanthropists and spiritual leaders and engineers, scientists, all these different people across the fields. You can also link up with Maya on LinkedIn. The link's in the bio below as well. And thank you for tuning in. We greatly appreciate you. Like the video if it made a profound impact on you. Subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a comment below with some of your feelings around the episode. We'd love to hear from you. And also share with people that you feel would find this impactful, influential. And that is all. That is all. Meet the basic needs of people around the world. It's such a yeah. critical component to, yes. you know, to your essence, to our essence. Things that we can maximize the well-being and prosperity. Surrender to that flow. It's already now. Love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, Maya. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye, Bye, everyone. Peace.